good morning from wherever you are in the world. This is Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing fine. What is going on in the world today? Look at everything. Uh, I see we're we're blowing up in Afghanistan. We seem to have the world's trouble troubles on our neck all the time now, and uh, a little bit of everything. Getting ready for. Uh, that's I did the air conditioning contract for the big yurt yesterday. It'll start start putting it in, I guess, on on uh, Monday or so. That's so great. Surely we'll get all the pieces. Your cousin Jamaica is scheduled to be here uh, today to start working on the bathhouse for the for the big yurt. And, she is uh, very talented, and I know that she's going to do a great job. Well, I know that. I'm not worried about that. I, I agree with that. She's very talented. But she'll be here. You might want to come on, come on by and see it. She'll be here until, I think, Sunday. Okay. She's staying in, um, staying in, the, in the glamping pod. You, you did want to talk about Richard Jewell. Yeah, that was that's one of the more oddities of our life. Do you remember the Atlanta, the Atlanta Olympics? Yes. Well, me and Sharon had, I think she had just gotten married about a week or two before that. And we went down to see some parts of it that Friday night. So we're sitting there at the, uh, they had like a, a band playing in the open area, like a free thing. And we were there. And I got a funny feeling, funny feeling that we needed to just go. And we just needed to go. So we just left. And while we were on the subway back in Atlanta, that bomb went up where we were sitting at. Wow. Which you drew, supposedly set. And then we got home, there was a uh, TV show about the bomb in Atlanta at the, at the Olympics. And there was a guy there talking about what one from the band was talking about what had happened. And then and blah blah blah. But the next day when it was shown on all the all the all the radio and T V stations, it was a different guy and a different group who talked about it. And uh but I had gotten a bad feeling. I said, I think we need to get out of here. And the bed wasn't that good anyway, I remember that. And uh, but we uh, where we had been sitting is where the bomb went off, and we had killed that lady who was there. Wow! So we, that, just, we, we weren't meant for it that day. That day. That's another. The God is God. sometimes good. Yeah, that's, God is that's good. Another God right there. Yeah. But I, but I, but sometimes you know you get those premonitions about things, and you just you just follow. And, that, and I think that's that's what's important. But Richard Jewell was one of the things we did. Uh, uh, what's Big House Game? Yeah, that was I saw something where Mike Shashevsky talked about him. Coach of Duke was retiring. Years ago, I almost went to, went went to teach at uh, Winston Salem State in Winston Salem. I, I almost did. It turned out I, I didn't do it, but 
Big House Game was a legendary black coach of the uh, Winston-Salem basketball team. And at, at, at one point in time, I thought about, you know, teaching there, and he wanted me to be his assistant coach, which would have been a very different world if I had done, taken both of those things. So I was thinking about Big House Games. He, he won about four or five hundred games. Uh, he actually won the national championship one year with some of the guys that we played with from, from Rockaway uh, and uh, in New York City at the, at the, at the uh, citywide games. Uh, but uh, he also was the coach at at, at uh, Earl Earl the Pearl Monroe. And uh, I remember he played for the Knicks. Played for the Baltimore Bullets. He was drafted there by the Baltimore old Baltimore Bullets, which are now the whatever the Washington team is. And uh, went and played up in the Knicks with uh, uh, I forget who the other one, Clyde DeGlide, which was was the other backcourt guy. And they won the, they won the world championship. But Earl, when he was when he was in college, was just unbelievably good. They couldn't go. He was so much better than everybody else. I think he was from Philly originally, but uh, uh, he was. But he was drafted by the Baltimore Bullets, who are now the Washington Capitals, I guess, whatever they are. I don't really follow that much anymore. And the Washington team was one of the worst in the NBA, one of the worst road teams ever ever been. They just barely made the playoffs last year, and hadn't been one made the playoffs in about ten years. They just got they always had bad management. <laughs> but anyway, they. Uh, that, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about how uh, the legacy of all of that, Earl LaPearl and some of the other guys who, who, who from the black uh, black schools, and he, they won the national the national Division Two championship. And um, since then, I think the school in Raleigh did the same thing. I forget St. Ark did the same thing, and it was very rare. Of course, I thought it was interesting. So winning that national championship, I think they got ten thousand dollars. Where the big national champion for Division One got two million, and uh, that's one. Actually, I think they got four million because it's two million just to show up for the first round. Uh, and that's why they, they, they give give at least they make sure they have those two black schools so they can knock them out in the first round. And one of the schools made it to the second round last year and a couple other years. Some of the schools from Mississippi and, and, and the uh, and the other league from from the uh, Negro leagues from from the, from the South, they actually made about two three rounds. But the, and, and that tournament is so stacked against it. Very few people, very few teams can ever make it past because they pay you so much, about a million bucks per round. That you know they make sure the little guys get get a little taste of money and nothing else. Um, and they always. They stack it in such a way that if you're from from one of the either the MAA, MEAC or the uh, the other conference that's down that way down south, they get you against the number one team in the country, so you don't get any more money. It's, it's all stacked, um, and it's, it's it's such a way that you know the guys that they've changed the uh, format so that a guy it doesn't have a million dollar foul shot, but it's, it's close to that anyway. But uh, other than that, with, with me, you know, everything is, is I'm watching, 
the uh, Afghanistan things, and I'm glad that you know your brother Tommy's not there. Uh, he was there earlier, and I'm glad that yeah, I'm glad he got out of there. I mean, I don't think they're going to call him back. That's good, but that's been a fiasco, and, and that's that's all Donald Trump. And but uh, you know, I mean, he just he got, got that got that Omar guy who's the originator of, of the Taliban got him out of prison. He put him in prison for like ten years, and he got him out so he could. You know, sit down and talk to him. See, oh, it's a wonderful guy. Wanted to bring him to Camp David. What an idiot! And uh, we, as a country, are going to be suffering from crazy shit he did for a decade. You know, every day we hear something else crazy he did. As as and it was, it he was eccentric. He was nutty and he was racist. And and we, as a country, are going to be suffering for that for a decade. And Biden's doing the best he can, but it's kind of tough. And uh, but it's 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 been in the, in the news. It's been an interesting time for all of us. I had a feeling that these voting laws are all going to be repealed. Pills. I mean, I think Democrats and Republicans just went too far to do this. To say we'll, we 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 got we if we everybody votes, we can never win again. I think they're right. Until they change their ways, they can they can never win again. They've lost the popular vote all but one of the last eight times that they ran in the national national election, and uh, they're becoming a smaller racist party. So you know, given that, it's, it's been, uh, they're doing everything possible to gerrymander it and, and salamander it or whatever they can do to rig the election. He's a salamander. <laughs> well, well, the gerrymander basically it comes back from Jerry. The, the guy named Jerry was a politician 200 years ago in Massachusetts. He did a did a district that looked like a snake, a salamander. <laughs> so that's why they call it gerrymander. Uh, but that was actually a person. He goes back and let let like horse tweed in New York City. Well, you probably never heard of Boss Tweed. Boss Tweed, for everybody out there, was a basically a political boss in New York City, and he ran New York City's big games and and, and politicians. He made sure the Irish guys didn't get jobs, and later later on, he made sure they got jobs in in, uh, in city force of police and fire. And for many generations, the police and fire were all were all Italian. Or Adam, one or the other, and, and Jer- that was as part of the gerrymandering thing. But he rigged all the elections, and that's what they, they're trying to do now. But it's so public and everything. There were like 200 bills that were passed across the country to do in, uh, make sure that minorities couldn't vote and make it hard for people to vote. The worst example is Texas, which is like the third or fourth biggest state in the country, uh, and that's why those those. Black politicians left and went to more Washington for you know a month or two. You know the local the, the local politicians and everybody there and people of of, of means actually paid a a couple million dollars to leave the state so they couldn't have a quorum to pass some of this stuff. But it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's, all, those are all going to be repealed. 
within the next two elections because people are beginning to say, I got to vote no matter what. And you can gerrymander all you want, but eventually people will take whatever barriers you put up, say, will get determined and then they will vote. I remember that, you know, when I was mayor of Carborough, there was a whole set of people who did not want my to get in. And they did everything possible to try to make sure those students didn't vote. They were saying that those students basically were going back to wherever they live and they don't live here. Well, they're paying taxes here. They're paying for their, their hotel, their, 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 not their hotel, but where they were staying and the apartments were staying. And those apartments paid taxes. So I'm, and the taxes they paid were from, from those students who were from God knows where. But this is where they lived for the for four years. And of course they should be able to pay to vote. And those were the people the majority of people who voted for me elected me. So, you know, as I look through all of this, this this is just a, a repetition of that same thing. And because of of what those students did, you have Carpenter today, which is one of the major innovative cities in the entire country. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that's going on, you know, and as we go through it, uh, you know, it, it's been a, a major, you know, thing that has changed our country, but the political landscape is going to radically change in the next couple of years. I probably won't see it in 76, but you will see it. You got a lot of living to do, man. You got a lot of living. I know. Well, my point on that is that's true, but my life table says not long. But I feel good, and I do. I do as much as I can, and that's good. And yeah, I think we got a call on the other line from Tommy, who's in uh, Kuwait. And uh, I saw a picture of him. He was by some beach down there. So water, the weather is fine. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. At least he's not getting shot at, and that's, that's a good thing. Because it looks like it's in civilian clothes. Not not army army guard, but him. he knows how to how to deal with the army, and he's been there, you know, like 18 years now, so. Uh, he's, he's, he's a staff sergeant, and about to be, I guess, you know, platoon sergeant pretty soon. But, uh, and he went through a lot of hassle to get promoted each time he did. Because he went through uh, NCO training like 12 years ago, and he didn't get promoted for about to even E5, which is Buck Sergeant, for another five to six years. And he went through Buck promoted literally within six months. They kept on losing his paperwork. Uh, There's quite a bit of reverse racism going on with that. Because all the people who were in this paperwork were, were females that were black and they kept on losing this stuff literally and finally his company commander had to find tell him give him stuff I'll do it and that's how he got promoted the first time and the second time but uh, he's uh, he's following in your uncle's your uncle you know Rodney's foot, footsteps that he's doing it from the enlisted ranks and he enlisted to go go to overseas uh, back to the war zone for a year, so he'll be there another probably suspicion about another six months, and then he'll be back. But he can retire from the army in about two years. So 
think he'll have his pension in about two years, I think. But uh, let's all pray for him. And as I watch what's going on in Afghanistan, you know, it's, we needed to get out of there years ago. Tommy was over there for a year or so. I, I really believe that. And those roads really killed his back. He's got a permanent back injury because of that. But uh, we're praying for him. And not that he's on the phone talk to his mother now. But uh, I tell him to make sure he listens to the, to the podcast. Uh, but uh, other than that, we're, we're here. We, we, we put a contract out for the uh, air conditioning for the big yurt yesterday. And, uh, and your cousin, the architect, Jamaica, will be uh, doing the, uh, hopefully, the bathhouse today. We'll begin working on that. Uh, but slowly but surely, we're getting getting big yurt together. Uh, the people in uh, from the uh, RV Park Owners Association, the national people, have us on the tour in November. And we'll, we'll have the park in fixed space. Stick and span shape by then, and we'll, it's, it's going to be costly, but we will. With the first, you know, black campground, of which there's only like three or four out of 15,000 anyway, we've been on a tour, and so we'll, we'll show them a number of different things that they've never seen before. As I was telling the the president, uh, uh, the owner of publisher of the RV Park, owners newspaper, which is called Woodall. Uh, I, was, I was talking to him uh, the other, other last week, and uh, telling him we're the most unusual park in the country. As I'm sitting here, I'm watching our puppy that we had gotten from the last Harvey Park Owners Association meeting in uh, Knoxville, him and Fluffy are going at it in the living room. He's chasing Fluffy, and Fluffy's chasing him, and Right now, Fluffy's between a chair, so he can't get at him. Two of them are going at it. He's two years old. That's Patches. But, uh, and Fluffy was a rescue cat, which we've been in for 11, about 11 years. And uh, one of our camp, camp persons brought him over. So I was digging for worms, and this cat, little kitten was following me. She's about, about two weeks old. So I picked her up and brought him to you, and I'm allergic to cats in his brain. Here she is. Fluffy's been here ever since. A mostly white cat with a, a black top and a black tail. And her, her and uh, our rest of Fluffy are going, going having fun with each other. So. But it's an, it's an interesting day. I think Biden's going to go down as one of our greatest presidents, by the way. I think it, the revolutionary things he's talking about will set the stage for a change in the country that, that that's happening. I think we're going to see uh, DT, uh, the District of Columbia will become a, basically a state in Congress. That will happen either this time or next time. And then I think Puerto Rico is going to get in and do the same thing. And he's leading a revolution of stuff that needs to happen. Republicans have been, have been able to uh, stifle and micromanagement the country to go back and keep it for a few oligarchs that it's, you know, it's been awful. That last tax increase, which helped me, 
help them, you know, like 90% of it went to the richest one, one-tenth of one percent in the country. So, so, so it's, it's been a, an interesting time for all. But uh, now we are, we're doing fine and, and slowly but surely, uh, our dream and your inheritance is getting better. And that's all I can really say about that. But we're, uh, as we watch, watch what's going on, it's an interesting political dynamic because it's all being shown to everybody in the country. There are no mysteries about this. And uh, the Republican Party has retrogressed in such a way that, you know, they're going the way of the Whigs and the know-nothings. And I think back on it, you know, remember when they were in control of the Senate, which they, were, they could block everything, and they blocked everything for about 15, 16 years. That's why we had the worst, I keep on saying this on the air, the worst airport in the whole damn world. And uh, everybody out there who's been to any airport in any other country knows we have the worst airport. And uh, we're so far behind in, in, in the road management stuff because the roads we have now are, are done by, were done by Dwight Eisenhower, where most people in this country were not even born when he was president. I was only a little guy, I remember him, but I was only a little guy when he was president. I remember I like Ike. So, so when you look at that, I mean, Biden's going to go down as one of our one of the best presidents in the country, and I think it's because of his age and his, his, his forty years of being in the Senate and the rest of that stuff has showed him how to do stuff. Plus, as as, as Biden's vice president, that's who I wanted Biden, not Biden, but uh, Obama's vice president. He he learned a whole lot of different stuff, and because of of, of the people of color who elected him. You know, he's he's done a whole bunch of different stuff. But uh, one of uh, Neil's, I was talking to Neil about the uh, our need of need of getting some energy into the yurt. He said, "Well, you remember this so and so guy, and he works in the air Bob. And he called that guy, and that guy showed up the next day, and we put a contract in within hours. And he was cheaper than the other guy who, who was local." Who is? Um, I don't think would have done a good job, frankly. Uh, he was he was doing a half-assed job and was going to charge us a lot more money, uh, eight thousand dollars versus about seven. So, given that, we're, we're slowly but surely adding stuff we need, and our handyman Gary has done a wonderful job. Uh, we're debating whether overboard remodeling or Gary will actually build. The bathhouse. I think Gary's going to end up building it. But uh, slowly but surely, we're getting stuff together. So, what's your to- what's your top advice for a new RV park owner? You want you need to get people in there as soon as possible because your outlay is going to take a while to get back. Over time, you will get given the dearth of, of RV parks you will do well wherever you are doing. And I think the stuff that you're doing in various places will do well. As an example, your I guess your half acre you have be at Jordan Lake. Uh, that'll be that'll be a gangbusters R V park. You can get the septic stuff done. 
because of where it is. There's a, I think, three or four hundred park spot, spot park right there near you on that. That's going to be your competition. But that means you have to do innovative things that are different. And probably you need to try to go one of the innovative things that you'll see at the conference, at the convention in Raleigh in November, if they all will be there. The glancing pod won't be there because he's, and talking to him, John, they'll be, uh, they're right now almost two years behind. You put an order in now, you don't get it for two years. But they make the best glamping pod in the country, if you can get it. Our glamping pod, pod is paid for itself. We paid, at that time, $16,000 for it. Just thought it was exorbitant. Now they're eighteen to 20000 for the same exact unit. Uh, but they're, uh, it's ours stays busy every week. I mean, Yopi's, Yopi's just love it. So, and we have a, a very different crowd that comes in every week to stay in. And they, they love it because each glamping pond is, is different because they're individually designed. Houses is one of the few that actually has a window in it, a back window in it. So it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just a different unit. We, got, we, we designed it ourselves. But you go to the factory and actually he has a, a model on the floor. You design it from the model on the floor. You see what it is. So every one of them is different. And each of them, each clamping pod um, that John makes is handmade. So the whole thing is is just a, just a wonderful thing. And um, that is that that's that's one of the things I can say about. It. So uh, so so get so given that it's um, very very different. You need to get that there. No, that that Sharon, that was that was that was Helen. She called. Kevin? Yes, my, my my your sister called. She calls about this time every day. So uh, I just I just hung hung, hung up on her. I, I answered it and hung up on her. So Sharon's gonna call her back. Uh, but 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 Heather, she's doing well. She she's got gotten into a whole lot of uh, embroidery stuff. And she's on tick. She's on TikTok, and she's on uh, two or three other sites, and people from all over the country buy her stuff. She's got some great videos, great products. She's got great products, and she—I think she's got five or so, five different sewing machines, uh, and surges and everything else. And she brought one or two of them when she left with me, and, and just took over the place. But she does good stuff because she, she shows it to me, and it's. I can see why people would buy it, uh, and a lot, a, a lot of that is service related to service plans, and uh, you know, army and navy and, and and that kind of stuff. And so she does does a good job, and uh, you know, it's, her and her husband, I think, are, are moving again, uh, and uh, but they're doing fine. The kid, I think, uh, her oldest boy is going to spend. About a month, a month with us, sometime in September, October. I'm looking forward to that because you know, Matt's a good guy. I enjoyed that. Yes. I, I know that I, I took him uh, shopping with me at the first fresh market one Sunday, and the ladies at the fresh market keep on asking me about him. 
That's almost a month ago. Uh, but he, he enjoyed doing that. We, the fresh market does has all these eclectic little products that you can't find anywhere else from uh, lots of different little producers. And uh, they're like Wegmans, which I guess is now in in Chapel Hill. Was that Wegmans is, was known for that for 30 years, which is a New England uh, shopping center or a grocery store, and does a little bit of everything. So he, uh, but he he won. He got got a lot of stuff from the deli and from everything else. And he just enjoy, he just enjoyed it, and and the, a lot of the shopping leaves. I should glance on doing. So he's going to come in. I think heaven says as long as I make him do his homework, he's going to come in for about a month or so. Uh, and I need to probably, I need to probably talk to her about that this week. Next week maybe I'll go up and just piss pick him up. And then Sharon, I know, is going to. Uh, I guess I'll go with her. The last week in, um, the third week in September, she's going to her 50th reunion in, in uh, Minnesota, Alexandria. So we'll go and see what they're doing up there, and it'll be a, an interesting trip. I'll go and integrate the place. But uh, other than that, we're, we're, we're doing fine, and it's it's been a... The weather's just been so hot, and it was fires in the west. You, you said you're going to integrate the place, there? Oh, no question, yeah. I went to one of the unions before, so I'll integrate the place. But since it's her 50th, uh, this, this will be the last one she's going to, I'm sure. So I said, let's go on up. Let's go, go. And I, we haven't been in Minnesota in about three years. So uh, we'll go up there for about a week. And uh, we'll get, I guess, Bobby and... That Beverly to that box it for us, and we'll see how that goes. So it, it, it's been she's learned, Beverly's learning how to do it, and it's been interesting. Um, she's doing a good job. So, but other than that, you know, how is your family? People out there want to know about you too. We are blessed. We're doing good. We're alive. God is good. Yep. That's a good thing. I, I think your, your brother is going to come and visit us this Saturday about that the other year. So if you want to come and help with that, it might probably be a good idea. You don't have to tell me over the air, but I was just <laughs> mentioning that. No pressure. No pressure. Just a no, 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 no. It's just pressure because I, I think he's be like. There, I will be there. He, he, need, he needs you to look over his shoulder <laughs> and, and bug him. <laughs> The big no, brother needs you. I want to catch up with Jamaica as well, but that'd be good. Okay, yes, it is. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of the show, Dad. This yeah, has been yeah. a wonderful, great show today. Uh, you even did play-by-play of your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my life is interesting. You know, that this place is never a dull day. Uh, we have people calling for RV spot and everything else here every day and uh, given that and we're always full and it, it's uh, we have a variety of people but this is probably the most friendly park RV park in the entire country this is like it's a continual family outing of people that goes on every day and some people stay a month some people one guy, one guy has been here about a year and a half and people people stay and, and want to come and everything else and it's just 
it's just been a, an interesting uh, journey, as I say. And when the big year gets in, when it gets, gets up, up, to, up and running, I think it'll, it'll have, have a different flavor for the, the conference center it's going to become. So, But anyway, adios to everybody out there. I wish you all well. And let's pray for the soldiers and the people coming back from Afghanistan. Let them be in your, lift them up in your prayers. Adios, muchachos. Let's go ahead and pray now. Lord, bless all the soldiers and bless yes. Afghanistan. Allow yes, your please. peace to reign. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Love you, Dad. Okay, okay love you.